0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon. You are very welcome to Liveline. Katie Hannan with you until three o'clock today. Um, can I go straight to Dermot now? Dermot, good afternoon. Good afternoon, you Uh Dermot, can I just offer you our condolences first and foremost? You lost your wife just a few months ago. The third of May. The third of May. And you yeah. had been together an extraordinary length of time. We were 48 years together. We were my man 44 by you. 48 years together. Uh, and and as good in the end as it was in the beginning, I, I believe. Yes, we were, I was in love and we were very happy together. And uh, she was asked about six months ago for one the lot. So I wasn't here with someone who we were having discussions from night and she said, I'm happy where I am. I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. She had everything she wanted with you, Dermot. She was happy enough where she was, yeah. Looking after her kids and looking after everyone else. <clears throat> Dermot, um, and I suppose people will know, people will recognise your voice there because you, you often speak on behalf of the ICSA, the, the Cattle and Sheep Association. Yes. Um, um, but you're not, you're talking about something very personal to you today. Yeah, I was in, in Grange. I left Grange with the morning, run the around lunchtime. The Grange research farm, the Thomas research farm in, in Grange. If I was coming back to Portlaoise, I'd have, I'd have invited the 12 I went to the car to my brother-in-law in Newbridge and the sat there took me down the 50 what a disaster but anyway if I had if I had, maybe I should have gone a different road but that was okay I came to the 50 I called to my friend in Portlaoise and uh, he was making the dinner we were sitting at the table and I caught my phone and I rang uh, E-Flo mm-hmm. because when my, my wife passed away, until my wife passed away, I had no number for no account or no account for no account. She was the, the brains of the, the, old, the outfit. She was the brains. <laughs> so, so, so she basically handled all the admin, the family life admin, as yes. we call it now. She, so could she, sign, she could sign my name and sign my son's name. She was, she was brilliant. Right. And so you're after going through the, the toll on the, the M50. Yeah, and and need... The reason I rang them was that was it, was it paid? I knew she had an account, but it that account that was linked to me that had been working, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I rang to ask the question, was the fee paid? And if it wasn't, could someone take the fee out, out on the line or on the phone out of my cat? Right. So a straightforward enough thing. Um, and yeah, did you explain to them? I felt simple enough. Okay. The first guy I met, he told me that he couldn't deal with me because I was the account holder. And I explained to him, I gave him the number of the car and I gave him my wife's mobile, I gave him the landline. I, I'm more quickly here and me, but I explained to him that the car was always belonged to me. Mm-hmm. But they called, she had a phone in her name because she was doing everything. Mm-hmm. And he got very upset. He said, Look, I can't take money off you. You're not the account holder. I said, Sure, don't take the money. Leave the account. Forget about the account. He said he couldn't do that on the account holder and he, he, he turned me off. So that was okay. And had you, sorry, had you, sorry, sorry, Dermot, had you explained to him that the account holder was, was I, no I longer with us? They, yes, I told him the account holder was no longer around and my wife, my wife was deceased. But that, and I, so I was driving the car. But when I said the car was always belonged to me, he said it couldn't have been. Well, I said that's the way it was. So he said, look, I can't give it to another control holder. And he turned me off. So I said, okay, maybe the foreman did. I rang back again. And I got to a lovely lady. But for some reason, that foreman did as well. So I rang back and I got on to another chap. And I explained my story to him. Mm-hmm. And he said, I can't take money to answer all my questions. I said, that's go away. So he asked me, what day did my wife pass away? And I told him. And then he said, what day was she, she buried? And I said, excuse me. And I, my head was for a ride. And I said, oh, look, she died. She died on the third. She died on, on a Friday, um, probably the sixth or seventh or Sunday. And he came back to me and he said, I need the exact date and the time. And oh. I said, stop. Sorry, hang on a second. He, he, so he, you, he has the date and he knows obviously she would have been buried a few days after that. And he wanted the exact date and time. Why? Correct. No, no one would believe me, but then I had my father no speaker. I was having a cup of tea, and Chris O'Kellan, transport management and postman, was cleaning, cleaning spots alongside me. He had it all. And he was amazed. And I said to the chap, with all due respects, I said, no, I was getting in the night. With all due respects, I said, my good man, just take the money out of my account. I don't answer any more of your, your questions. 
And he said, don't you get here, you'll get here aggressively talking to me off. And I said, that's it. I'm not paying him no more. So I emailed them and told them that if I get about it, if they wanted to contact me, they, they could. Now, one of my daughters had written in the meantime, she rang that night and she got onto a nice lady and she, she paid it. But, I mean, it, it did upset me at the time. It did pinch me, like... My, I buried my, my wife, but they'd be asked the time and the, the, the date, the day she was buried, I thought was awful. It's and there was no such thing as I'm sorry for your loss or anything. I mean, look, I'm 70 years of age. I, I met a lot of queer people in my, in my lifetime, but I mean, I thought was awful, actually, at the, at the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I mean, Dermot, I think a lot of people will... Uh, sympathise with this situation because they will have been through this situation because a lot of people end up in the throes of the worst kind of grief like yourself having to to sort out these kind of details deal with accounts get names changed get accounts closed down all that kind of thing and you do hear again and again that there isn't always the best response from 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 the people you're dealing with, and I mean, it's just I, I can't imagine being told by somebody, my wife died on the third of May, and not having an uh, you know not having a an a sympathetic human response to that. Well, that's the biggest thing my friend said to me. He said like that was so callous, but like my daughter rang him up and she paid it. I didn't realise. I didn't know. I could have paid in a bloody shopping place, but I didn't know that. But I was ringing to make sure that I wasn't paid. I didn't have to double pay it. Do you know what I mean? Because I didn't know whether the account was still linked to any account or not because that my, my wife had because I hadn't even a number for the account where my wages was going to. I was always, I was a postman for 38 years and I was a part-time farmer or a full-time farmer but a part-time job but the way you like to, <laughs> to put it but I had no number for no account. She was the boss of everything. You know what I mean? So you, this must be, this must, I mean, obviously you had a, a run in with, with, with this, these people, but so you must be doing this a lot then, are you having to sort out other, other details? Of, uh, Actually, well, nice family, my, 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 I'm a great family and um, my daughter went into the bank with me and sorted it all out because, um, and like I said, my daughter explained to the girl at the bank, this guy hadn't a clue, he had no number for nothing, no, no, but we had account details and account um, that me and I had kept it off. We had bank statements and stuff that started it out. Like, you know, but um, I hadn't a clue. I actually hadn't a clue. We bought land and I, I could make money as fast as I'd walk when, when I had to, but she paid, she made repayments and she did all the admin. The poor girl and I hadn't a clue of anything. Like, you know, but my, my daughters have been all started. They put me on Revolut and all these kind of things and uh, accounts on my phone, things I never, I never thought was possible. And are you managing all this stuff yourself now? I'm managing fine, but like all oh, my family are close to me, and I have two boys and three three girls that are all adults. My my baby is a, is a mammy now, so all my family are grown up, but they're all very good to me, and they're all close to me, like Toronto. No more than a half an hour away. Yeah, but it must be very lonely for you though, because you you know you you had that great relationship for oh, all those years. Oh, the morning, I wake up there some morning, and I think she's around, and you know, no, yeah, it's very raw. It's very raw. It can take a long time, but. I often say to myself, why the hell did she take me with her? But anyway, I look, I look after my grandkids. I'm minding, thinking, I'm minding some of my grandkids even this evening. But no, it's, we, we get on all right. Like, but just when you meet someone that's so heartless and so callous, it just pins you at, at, at the time. You know, no. Oh, yeah. I, I, I totally, and I can totally imagine my that. Got a, my daughter got an email then. And she said, Dad, that's apologising. It was an apology. I got a big long email saying that we are thinking about you, but started to work hard. The, the biggest thing was to get a new account and we keep taking money off of you. Do you know what I mean? No, I mean, someone, all I want was someone to say, it shouldn't have happened. I'm sorry for what happened. Do you know what I mean? Well, we actually, we do have that now. We do have, because we did get on to EFLO ourselves. Um, so I'll just read out what they said to us here. Um, they said that uh, we would like to uh, unreservedly apologise to the customer for exacerbating his grief at this very sensitive time. At eFlow, we have processes and procedures in place for addressing these exact cases. Well, you, you wouldn't think it given your experience, but, but it looks like, <laughs> uh, this is what he says, but it looks like these were not adhered to at this time. The likelihood would be that the combination of dropped calls and inexperienced agents conspired to create an outcome that is unacceptable in this instance. And so they say, rest assured that eFlow will investigate this matter thoroughly and will take steps to ensure that it doesn't happen again. So do you know what, Bedarmid? You might have saved somebody else in your situation from that kind of uh, uh, that kind of a reaction uh, by, by getting in touch. 
Thanks very, very much, Katie. But like, that's actually what occurred to me at the time. The next person who has, uh, who has a bereavement in their family, well, they have to go through the this, 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 this same thing. But this guy couldn't believe that I, the cast taxed on my name to my cab, but then they called all there was a different name. And like, he had the, he had the email address, he had, he had the house address. I know. He had the car registration. I mean, look, all he wanted to do was say, look, if, if he said to me, I can't deal with the account, give me the tool, give me the, give me the money, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, will you tell me a bit about Mary, Dermot? <laughs> Mary was a city woman. She came from the Hattercock City and she moved out here to the, <laughs> to the middle of nowhere and, uh, she did work that a lot of girls bond and fans will never, never do. She came out, she cleaned Cowdung and she did cows and when my kids were my young, I was a part-time postman as well and money was skin gas and she won very hard. She put, she got beat with a hand for bumper and she piked and so I lit into cow cows and she did, she was a fantastic housekeeper and a fantastic man. And I remember when my kids were girls in college and money was skin gas. She did a couple of hundred broilers brilers a year and she did turkeys and when they were to school we did not have a gambling they might never have a whole pile of money but that was ours didn't you grab any house they were never staying in and that was all thanks to, thanks to her do you know I, I do think uh, it reminds me of my own mother Dermot I think there is women up and down the country of Mary's generation my mother's generation that just were the total unsung heroes of farms are up and around the country that they kept the show on the road and reared big families and kept houses going and uh, did yes, it all we, without we, without complaining. We had six in family and we lost a little boy with, with a cut and then she reared five and uh, there was always a bit in this house for anyone that wanted it. There was always grew up in this house and amazing thing and I'm thinking back on it she might have a whole pile of money in her purse but she could produce a fantastic group three times a day no bother you know no. Yeah. And uh, when my girls were in college and there was girls they were staying in different houses we kept that house in in vengeance in and meat and spots for me. And that was no problem to us. We didn't we killed a heifer and we killed a couple of sheep and we chokies and bridles. There was no bother with grow. Yours had a heifer in the freezer. We had, yeah. All rest. But uh, like there was always pretty grub going when they were going back to college every weekend. There was there was always pretty grub for the week. And that was always the main thing, as they say, down our way. <laughs> it was, yeah. But, uh, like, she did an awful lot of work. She did all the donkey work with people that were never really, really, really realised. And people in ICCA came down to meetings here in West, West, West Cock. And as you know, we, 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 are, we are a kind of a voluntary organisation. Mm-hmm. A lot of them stay in this house. People from all over the country have stayed in this house. And they be no bother. They get the grub and they get the bed. And she double up the kids and she make a room, a room to be in for anyone that, that ever stuck for them on the bed. She was a very... Very quiet, strong woman. Never said a whole pile. Never said much about all the work that she that she done herself. God, she sounds fantastic. A fantastic woman altogether, Dermot. Uh, as I say, uh, <laughs> without without women like Mary, you know, farms couldn't keep going at all, and families couldn't keep going. That's for sure. No, there was bad days. I came off on the port around Christmas time, and she she'd smile and she said, "I mean, holy God, only and she said tonight, by the cows are done." Stars are done, cows are fed, cows are fed, everything be done. There would be, and no one ever know it. You know what Fantastic. She was a very strong lady, like, you know she, she must have been just a powerhouse, a powerhouse altogether. Will you hang on, Dermot? I've got Paul on, on the other line. Stay with me, Dermot, a minute, because Paul, okay. I think, can totally relate to what you were saying there. Paul, good afternoon. Good afternoon, how are you doing, Katie? Um, uh, first of all, let me pass my condolences on to Dermot. Um, and I totally understand what he's going through and as I said you're a researcher my wife died uh, a lot younger than Dermot's wife would have and that initial impact of losing somebody that you're acting with for I was married for 25 years but um, in Dermot's circumstance like 48 years together 45 years married like it's like it's like tearing your heart out and the last yep. thing you need in that situation is anyone to make it any more difficult than it already is and also I felt that I got a lot more sympathy probably and a lot more understanding because I was younger than maybe uh, Dermot is receiving. Mm. And I feel anyone else I, that I know that has had uh, older people uh, who have passed away or whatever, I find that they always seem to get 
a lot more um, bureaucracy and not as much support um, to go through the process because it's a really difficult, like, as soon like somebody passing away and then you have to deal with their death cert umpteen times in order to get things um, processed. And I also mentioned there that my wife is dead 12 years and I still receive letters with her name on them, addressed to her from banks, from building societies. Um, and it's, it's so hurtful, even after this time. And I've challenged it now and I still have to receive these letters, which is, you know, And so tell me, Paul, and, but without prying too, too much, I mean, obviously your wife died very young, way before her time. Yeah. She did indeed. She died at 48 um, of cancer, a very short term, or short illness, eight months from start to finish. Um, I'm so sorry. That is, that she, is horrific. And as Dermot was saying, like she was the soul of the house and she was the heart of the house. And, you know, she was uh, such a loving mother and caring. <laughs> and when you're left on your own, suddenly to deal with everything you have to deal with on a daily basis, it's so, so difficult. And I can only imagine and I can only sympathise so much with Dermot what he's going through. And really, it should be made a lot simpler. And even a process where somebody can do it for you that, to take the, the anguish and the pain out of it. Because there's nothing, nothing as horrible as having to constantly say to people, I'm sorry, look, my wife passed away and I'm trying to organise this in front of her. And you're constantly repeating yourself over and over again and then you're getting sympathy and then some people, as Dermot mentioned as well, aren't very sympathetic um, and they just, they just make it about paperwork. But it's an extremely difficult time that he's going through and I really do um, feel for you, Dermot. I, I just think, yeah, exactly. At a time when you can barely believe it yourself having to tell strangers over and over again that this, this yeah. terrible thing and has happened to your family. Yeah. And it's just dry. Every time you have to open your mouth and say it, it just brings up the pain. Um, it does, yeah. like it's, it does. It does, and I, I totally, uh, as I said, Dermot, you're a lot older than me, and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way, but uh, <laughs> you, you, ha- you had a, a lovely life from what I hear, and you had a great time with your wife, and uh, I'm sure at this stage now you just want to be happy in her memory as opposed to having to go through all this paperwork. Yeah, she's having a good time. Sorry, but once my kids were, 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 were grown up, she'd travel with me to meetings and I haven't said her, you can't say, sit for two hours waiting for me in, in front of the office in Port Leach and she'd smile and she'd say, no, nah. she'd drive alone in Port Leach and she'd buy little things for kids and she'd come back and she'd wait for two hours and she'd say, how am I mean? And she'd be watching people in Austin Penny Falls and she'd be happy enough and she'd say to me, we'll be two hours together going home, we, we, we'd be fine. And I, my, so I call it, she had the patience and job but I, that was her way like and it's an incredible well, love story Dermot can I just say it's an incredible love story the, how you're describing your life and how you describe Mary now I just it it's, it's just it's, you it's were so blessed it's, I it's mean shocking that uh, you have to go through yeah but she went to hospital she went to hospital on a Friday and she died on the Wednesday we were talking about the door and she had but she she, she was she was uh, free of all the the suffering that goes with Morton no no and because she walked out to the car here on the Friday and there are all steam and she made a cup of tea and got to the rest of it out to the car and went back to the hospital they thought she was going to go for a trip my daughter picked her up and the man went to her to the man said I was, I was going selling bubbles in McCroom and she said and she leaving me I don't think I'll be I may be home before you she did on the Wednesday morning her, there was no messages going to the lungs or something but very certain, we had no warning got. No people said I saw her deteriorating. I didn't see her really deteriorating. She was going a bit slow, I think, but she was able to do all her, her own things. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so it was just a shock, obviously, a terrible shock to the system. So you, you, hadn't, you hadn't prepared yourself for that so soon. Not a hope, no, no. Um, I mean, the joke of this house, the joke of this house, I was always saying to her, you better not go away from me, I wouldn't find it clean on the pants like Toronto. But like, I've got kids, and I've got two kids, like, and the kids are laughing, started out, and if my, my girls are fantastic dealing with banks and stuff, because I don't think I could actually have managed it on my, on my, on my own, experience every, experience everyone you meet, that, she was she wasn't there anymore. But we only have to explain that to everybody you meet. You know, just saying it out loud. I'm sure it it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, Paul and Dermot, hang on. I want to bring uh, Anne. Anne, good afternoon. 
Hi, Daisy, how's it going? Yeah. yeah, I don't think if you haven't been through it, you have no idea how complicated it can be. I mean, there's days you can't make those phone calls, so you have to work up to making the phone call. So, and I think my classic one was the time I went to change the utility bill from my husband's name to my name. And the person insisted that, yes, they took all the details, but they couldn't do it because they had to talk to the account holder. And I'm going, I'm ringing because the account holder is dead. And they're saying, well, there's nothing I can do because we have to talk to the account holder. Oh, my God. And after going through that loop for a while, I eventually, I have a sense of humour, I eventually said, well, if you like, would you like me to arrange a seance and I'll get a medium to ask him and you will that count as talking to him? And I think the penny finally dropped. <laughs> oh, my God. Why I was ringing. Sorry, I just wanted, uh, Anne, how long ago is it since, since your husband passed away? It's uh, six years in December. Coming up to six years. Uh, and there's still stuff I, I'm trying to sort out because you forget things. I mean, I think it was—I think it was nine months after he died. I suddenly realised, oh, his name was still on the car insurance, and uh, they stopped it from the day I rang, but they wouldn't stop it from the day he died because I hadn't informed them. So I was paying insurance for him to drive a car when um, I think it might have been a bit difficult for him to drive it. <laughs> God. And this is—I mean, this is the thing. So you have to. One of the first things you have to organise. Is is get a get a debt cert, isn't that it? Because a lot yeah. of a lot of yeah. the admin will yes. demand a debt cert. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah, that's so that's a hugely yes. important part of it. Um but I think I think people I know there are things people can do ahead of ahead of if they know that, that you know they're they're you know, this might be on the way that they can arrange their affairs. But in many cases, even if you do that, there will be there will well, be issues. Come, come. My hubby had worked ahead and he had the power of attorney and he had the bank account sorted out that it was in joint name so there'd be no problems when he died it automatically came to me. But he he died quicker than we were expecting so there was a lot of things that we didn't get to. And then as we, I discovered there's such a thing as widow's brain so I presume it's widower's brain as well where you just don't function. Your brain just does not compute. So you have to be in top form to ring a lot of these places. Uh, yeah, and you have to be in top form emotionally as well, like not just kind of yeah. with your head screwed on, but just emotionally to be able to, as you say, to, to, to actually build yourself up to make the call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I know it's one stage where, where before he died, I'd, I'd have no problem sitting down with the list and going through five or six things. I know it got to a stage where I do one, work up to it and... It would be a very good day if I could do two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone, 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 everyone who's been there knows that. Yes, Paul? I contacted the bank, actually, similar story, and I asked them, how how could they possibly be sending a letter out to somebody that's dead? Like, how could they? And they physically were sending two letters, one to me and one to me, wife, who's... And they still are sending them. (laughs) And they're sending it now as uh, they actually send a letter to her and on it it has the repose and um, deceased and her name. That's, that's the letters that come to the door once a month. And I've contacted them umpteen times, umpteen times. And they said her name was originally on the mortgage. So therefore, until the mortgage, her name. I said, but how can you, how can you have a correspondence with a dead person? There's just no logic to it. And they still can't be sent out ever. Well, I was on to a correct just got mad like that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Before you go, Kitty, just one thing, and I I think to this. When I became pension age, my wife would get no pension because her stamps had been too far in the rear view mirror. She'd stayed 40 years rarely if had that family. Mm -hmm. When I became pension age, she qualified under my staff to get her pension, but um, we were here one morning and she agreed to see over it. She got a phone call from the Department of Social Protection or something, and they said to her that her money would be coming to her on Friday and she was going to the bank, and she said, fine. And she said, it's going to the same account to your husband. She said, that's all right, don't worry about it. No, the other was being nice, and she said, you still know you can access it. 
that you were going to go into the same account. And the same account of her husband, no, no, she said to be fine, so I'd give me four bob if you want it. And she blew up the phone. <laughs> then, 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 yeah, she's, she sounds great, Dermot, really great. Uh, you, sorry, Anne, you were going to say something there. Yeah, I managed to change uh, one of the utility companies and they had changed the account to my name and the address and phone number. My changed it to my phone number, but I was wondering there because I know the rates went up and there was no correspondence and I kind of rang them and the usual hanging on for ages and going through dial one, dial two, dial three got somebody on and they said, oh, but we've been emailing you. And I said, well, I've had no emails. What email address? They were still emailing him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you email him when you change the account over? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I sometimes wonder, I really do. I think Dermot summed it up. It's, uh, you know, it's just paperwork and bureaucracy going crazy. Yeah. Can I bring in? I also kind of pictured them, pictured the the people there, and they're answering the phone, and they have a screen up in front of them. And if the person says blue, the answer is black. If the person asks this question, this is the answer. But they don't have one to say if the person rings to say their husband, wife, partner has died. This is what you do. Yeah, mind you, Someone he, needs to this put is that question on the list. This is what EFLO is saying, though, that they actually have. They say we have processes and pro- procedures in place to address these exact cases. They say, uh, but as I say, they weren't addressed. Uh, adhere to it uh, in Dermot's case for sure. Uh, can I bring in uh, Philo? Philo, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and my condolences to the other callers um, on their bereavement. But I'm ringing up to voice exactly the same attitude that they got. Um, my husband passed away two years ago and he had an account with a company, multinational company, I think it was. And it was a company that I would never, it wouldn't have been on my radar. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I noticed last September, just last month, that they were taking money out of the account for their subscription. And I tried to unsubscribe and I couldn't. And then I charged up my husband's phone and I went into see could I do it that way and I couldn't. And then I tried to phone the company and they wouldn't it wasn't a phone conversation. It was a little box that came up and you typed in your question oh, and then chat they typed back yeah. an answer. Chat box. So that went on for a while and all I said was, Look, I want to unsubscribe because money has been taken out of the account my lovely husband has passed away and I just want to close down his situation. And they said, I got a human being at the end of the phone. Now there was, well, could you give proof? No, could you, could you, if you just put, get his thumbprint, that was what they wanted. And I said, look, unfortunately, I can't get his thumbprint. He has passed away. And I said, you know, it's not they, possible. Sorry, they wanted your dead husband's thumbprint, thumbprint to unsubscribe from could. a subscription. Yeah. And I said, look, I said, I'm really sorry. I said, unfortunately, that's something beyond what I can do. I sent over the death certificate. I took a photograph of it. I sent it on. I said, please, could you do such and such? They said, no, to unsubscribe, you have to have a unique ID number. And I said, well, how do I get that? Well, you get it if you get the thumbprint. And I said, I can't get the thumbprint. (laughs) So this went on for ages. Now, eventually, I got to the bottom of it. But among all that conversation, not once did anybody say, I am really sorry for what happened. You must be devastated or I'm sorry for your loss. Or if there was somebody on the end of the phone that said to me, look, do you know what? What was your late husband's name? We'll pump that into the computer. We will find his account and we will unsubscribe for you. That would have been absolutely manna from heaven. And I think, you know, I have to say, I heard somebody talking about the bank. I'm with Bank of, can I say? Are you, yes. It's a positive. Yes, I see. You you want to praise the bank, your own bank, for how they deal with it. My own bank is Bank of Ireland, down in Sutton. And I can say they did absolutely everything they possibly could to help me do whatever I had to do. They were fantastic. We had just started to build a new home. My husband died a week later. Oh. And all the transferring of funds to builders and 
um, oh, bar heating people, you know, whatever, everything. They just said, no problem, fellow, come on in, we'll help you with this, we'll help you with that. There was a bereavement section of the bank that helped with anything they possibly could help me with. And they were fantastic. And I don't know why some of these big multinational companies don't use human beings to deal with bereavement situations because I think it just goes such a long way. And they give out about AI, but some of the people that I've spoken to, they may as well have been AI because for their lack of understanding, sympathy, consideration, they were just, this particular company, company was bad. Yeah, robots. And it's so hard when you're trying to deal with the situation. That other lady said, I think her name was Anne, yeah. that she could only deal with two jobs a day. And I get that because sometimes... Number one, the people are so removed from your situation that you feel you're climbing a hill and, you know, you have to repeat things over and over and over again to try and get what your situation is across. I mean, that lady just could not fathom how I could not get Liam's thumbprint. And, you know, I'm sure she's an intelligent lady, but if they had a bereavement part there but of listen, their company. If you had a brain at all, Sel, working <laughs> uh, you, in those circumstances, I cannot imagine not understanding that that, that, that is a crazy demand in any circumstances. Can I, can I ask you, it's, your, your, your late husband was Liam, was it, Philo? Yes, Liam. Can I ask you what happened? Because obviously it was very sudden. Uh, Gosh, well, no, it was and it wasn't. Um, Liam was waiting. He was diagnosed with pulmonary fibrosis in 2017 and he was waiting on a lung transplant. And I have to commend the staff in Beaumont, the staff in the lung transplant unit over in the matter. Michelle Murray was a lifeline. I I shouldn't even be mentioning these people. They were absolutely fantastic. And when Liam... He was waiting on the lung transplant. He was all set foot. And what happened was COVID came. So therefore, I think the footfall for donors had been reduced. So there weren't as many lungs available that could have been available if, if COVID hadn't happened. Now, Liam, thank God, never got COVID. And, you know, we did, as a family and as friends, we did our best to protect him from getting COVID. But unfortunately... He, his his condition deteriorated and he went downhill very, very quickly and he passed away in July, two years ago. But I have to say, you know, some people when they're grieving, although it's sad, it's heartbreaking. It's something you have to come to grips with. But if you know that everybody has done every single thing they possibly could, it makes it that bit easier. And if that could be extended over to workplaces where there are difficulties, like you want to stop your toll or whatever, if you feel that company is on your side as a team player and going to try and help you get to the end of your situation, be it your toll or your utility bill or whatever, it might only be a small thing to them. But to that person who who has been bereft and their family, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. But Liam was waiting on the long anyway, and unfortunately, it just didn't come in time. But I have to say that the staff and the doctors, everybody did, they went a million percent beyond what they could have done for Liam. And can I just say, and, we're know, very, sorry, family, very sorry for your loss, no Philip. Can I just say that oh, well, as look, well? Because it's, so, it's still very raw for you. It's a, it special, is raw, do you know what? I, I was going to say that. Beautiful friends. It's, it's raw for you and it's raw for, for Dermot because it was last May. But it, it's still obviously raw for Paul and Anne because it's, this is not something that, as everyone knows, grief isn't something that, you know, we say time heals, but it doesn't. It, it, just, it just changes. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. So in my circumstances, unfortunately, um, after my wife passed away, um, five years later, we realised that um, she had been misdiagnosed and um, that was a huge cause of why she passed away. Um, so it was like double grief yeah. um, because it was like restarting the whole process again and um, having to go through it all again. And it was a horrible, horrible experience to go through. 
but um, and I know that's not the topic we're talking about, but even I, at one stage I actually was going to ring the bank and say uh, the mortgage is not being paid anymore um, because my wife doesn't want to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> And then see, and they could send all the letters to her and bring her to court. <laughs> yeah. You have to keep your sense of humour. You have to keep your sense of humour. Yeah, you have to, because like it's, yeah. you're talking to people and you're trying to explain how can you physically send a letter to a person that is dead? How, how can you honestly put it in an envelope and send it knowing the person is dead? And it's it just like alien to them. They couldn't understand why I was so you know, upset about it and annoyed about it, getting this constantly, constantly for 12 years every month and still not resolved. Yeah, OK. Will you hang on? I need to take a break. We'll be back uh, after these. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And I want to bring in Stephanie now. Good afternoon, Stephanie. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good, Stephanie. Can I just say I've just I've just seen that you've have had a very very recent bereavement. And yes, um, my lovely husband uh, Barry Noonan, um, he died this day three weeks ago on me, uh, very very suddenly. Um, poor Barry had a little bit of he had some issues with with health over the last number of years, but he was a fighter and he kept going, but he. He suddenly became quite ill, um, and um, it hasn't yet been established really what what got him in the end. He had to have a PM done and everything. So um, look, it was very, very sudden, and um, my best pal is gone. He was a very, very fine man, and I'm so proud when I even uh, sit down and read the RIP messages and the condolences I got from people. Um, it does help you, um, and people are very, very kind. But Barry was a very, very fine man, and he did a lot of a lot of good work um, throughout his life. Um, but my best buddy is is gone. Um, I, I'd have to say um, I was listening to the show earlier, and I've had quite a positive experience so far. I have uh, been on the phone in solitary for the last three weeks trying to sort out um, utilities, uh, bank accounts, uh, credit union. Um, I have found people very kind to me, I have to say. That's really good to hear. That's that's, that's nice, you know. Um, I was quite, uh, I suppose on a few occasions, it was so so raw, you're upset. But I was terrified of bills being presented and not been paid. I am a terrible worrier at the best of times. But um, look, at, um, things are working out and um, um, I'm lonely. I, I miss my best pal, but um, he was the best in the world. Best in the world he was. We were married only 17 years. Um, but I have to say, Katie, I am absolutely blessed that I have the most wonderful friends and neighbours here in Terenure where I live and all the local businesses and restaurants and everything that uh, have known us throughout the years and that they are fantastic and everybody has been so, so kind to me. It's unbelievable. Um, But it's always, isn't it, Uh, you know, if you're sick or there's something wrong, show me your friends, you know the way, and you really know who rallies around you. But we had a lovely funeral for Barry and um, I know myself, um, I wanted to do him proud. I hope I did. And I know he was—he went straight up there because he suffered very, very badly. And um, he, he, he did what any of the doctors asked him and told him over the years. And he had many surgeries, but he was in a lot of pain. But he'd still go out and dress himself up and be the best of company, um, you know, when we go out for a bite to eat or whatever. And people wouldn't realise. I was with him 24-7. And I realised Barry wasn't that well this year at all, but um, never thought things were going to turn out the way they did on the 22nd of um, September, you know. So, um, look, can I I just say, I'm so sorry. I mean, that that is just so raw for you and so recent. Mm. And I just think for people listening that like this is. Uh, you know, everyone's worst nightmare, your best friend, your partner in life, um, to, to mm. be taken from you like that. Uh, how do you, you know, when you wake up every day, even just putting putting one foot in front of another, wh- what keeps you going? 
Well, b- believe it or believe it not, um, I I actually sort of I I, I talk out loud and um, uh, I, I say to Barry, listen, Barry, um, help me, help me now uh, today and look after me and let me let me you know get on with life as best I can. I've my own health issues. I've uh, I'm ten orthopedic doctors. I've two new knees. I've a hip. I need a new shoulder. I'm crippled with arthritis, but I'm not getting a shoulder. I'm having injected instead. Um, but um, we also um, have a little pussycat. Only a year old, Teddy, and would you believe Teddy has heart failure? We got him from the GSPCA last year, but um, Barry adored Teddy and I as well. So Teddy's like my little baby at this time. Now, mind you, when the troops were here with Teddy, we spoiled Teddy Rotten, and why not? He's our family with no children, um, and as we all know, uh, animals are very loyal. Animals uh, sense there's something wrong. Um, little Teddy's daddy went out with Mammy on the Friday morning to the Black Rock Clinic in the car, and uh, his daddy never came back to him. Um, he's a very affectionate little Teddy, and poor Teddy himself was in the veterinary hospital here in Terenur, um on um, the day before yesterday. Mm. So uh, he needs loads of love as well. So he's kind of here as well. And I, I, I just keep going. Um, I've all sorts of invitations from people as well and catch up and coffee and lunch and that. And I like to be on my own for a little while as well and, and to think. I still I still break down, Kathy, or, uh, Katie. Um that's normal, I, I would think. And I'm still in a state of shock and, and will be because I never expected this to happen, nor Barry either. And he's a very, very fine husband and man. And um, I'm delighted we had 17 years together and reminded one another for those 17 years because he certainly wasn't well. And we'd relatives that died as well, our families and that. And we went through all that and his bad health and my operations. But truth thick and thin um, in sickness and in health. And the priest that uh, officiated at um, our wedding was able to say Barry's funeral mass and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, Leo Vratker couldn't come to the funeral but he sent his aide to come. Uh, Claire oh. Mattimer and um, Barry uh, used to do a lot of work for the government and that and, and if anybody wants to have a little look at RIP.ie you'll get a little flavour of the work Barry did years ago he was a very brave and uh, loyal man and a great Irishman and um, a very very fine partner in life and a lovely husband and um, we loved one another and um, you know it wasn't flowers every Friday evening but we were there for one another, you know, and we, we weathered a lot of storms together. Believe me, we did, you know. But, Stephanie. Um, he's in a better place now. Thank God. Stephanie, mind yourself. Look after yourself. Thank and you. Thank you. Kathy. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that and being so positive and grateful for the, the lovely response you've had from people. Um, and yeah, it's a difficult just three weeks since you've lost the love of your life there. Um, can I just one more? Mary, Mary, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Katie. But I've just returned from a bank where my husband died in April. And I suppose it took me a while to... I I take my time doing all those little messages and changes. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I decided that I had prepared myself that the bank was for today. So I went there and uh, I was... I spoke to a young girl and I was told to sit down and wait. Uh, I was removing my husband's name from the account. That's And I had all my documents with me. Sat down and another young lady came, brought me into the office and told me that, yeah, they fill out a form and they send it to the bereavement section. But not once did she, and though I explained why I was there, etc., she never referred to the reason to offer condolences or make any mention of my husband's name at all. And I just thought it was really bad. Now, I was quite prepared for it because I had dealt with another financial institution and I did write to them and just say to them that it would be nice if their staff, when with correspondence, that they might just refer to the fact that the person was deceased. It's really difficult doing those tasks and not... You know, just just it's just a lack of acknowledgement. Now, I have to say, there are so many people that are so supportive of me, but it's just dealing with institutions is really hard. 
Yeah, and it's just really mm. hard. It's just, I don't know, I would have thought that it's kind of knitted into the Irish psyche to be yes. sympathetic yeah. to people and, you know, to, to, to you know, to offer condolences. And can I offer you our condolences, Mary, as, you, as uh, I say yes. it? What, yes, is, what was your husband's name? Tony. Tony. And, uh, and indeed, uh, at one time, he, he lived with Alzheimer's for a very long time. And I did speak about it before with you and a poor, unfortunate lady that was going through a lot of things, pain at the time. But yes, so we had a we had a long time together. And uh, yeah, he had he had a good life. Yeah, so indeed. but you did in, in a different way. In a different way. In a different yes. way. Yeah. I mean, yes. it's it's uh, yes. it's a uh, it's a yeah. It's a challenge yeah. obviously. It's it's not it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult way but as you say you can have yeah. a good life as well. Oh, uh, you can of course, yeah. You yeah. you also had did am I right that you had a great response that you wanted to commend. Now we won't name company names but there was one company that Am I am I talking to the right person? Oh no 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 no! There wasn't any, no no there was no no. No, you no, just wanted to talk about the bank. No, no I'm mixing I'm mixing you up with somebody else, no, Mary. Apologies okay. for that. Now my daughter had an experience. My daughter lost her husband fifteen years ago, and she, of course, was a way younger person, and uh, and in some way we were, you know, slightly prepared for Tony's passing, but she encountered a company that were very difficult, and one day when they rang her. And she was at wit's end with them trying to just change the account. Um, and they were demanding to speak to her husband. And she explained that he was passed and gone. And eventually she said to them, well, you know, I go to the graveyard at least twice a day. It was very close to them. And she used to bring the kids. And she said, you know, he never answers me, but I'll tell you what I'll do now. She said, I'll take the phone with me and I'll go down and just see maybe he'll answer you. And that did, yes, get a response. But isn't it terrible that one has to think like that, you know? I know, yeah. but you know, that's yes. li- absolutely, every one of our callers today have had one of those conversations where they have just sort of had to resort yes. to the, the to respond <laughs> to a crazy demand <laughs> with a crazy... Crazy demand, <laughs> yes, response. exactly. Yeah. So you'd be just hoping that all those companies might just put in one paragraph in the training manual, you know, yeah. about bereavement, because... I mean, it's, it's a natural part of life, so it is. And, and people have to deal, especially when you're in a partnership, you have to deal with, you know, changing accounts. But it doesn't matter who's passed, you have to change accounts and it's very difficult. So it is, you know. Yeah. And as bit, you say... It's also it, the final bit. It shouldn't be rocket science, as you say, Mary, no. to, to uh, train, train people who answer phones or, or meet people in a front office yes. to say... I'm sorry yeah. for I'm sorry yeah. for your loss and, now, and acknowledge just what's on, happening. Yeah, just on that office, the office where you register the debts, and, and I'm in Dublin. I will have to sing their praises. They are superb. That was a really, that was. You wouldn't say it was a joyous, of course, but it was a very easy process, and very very well done. And I have to sing there. That was just something that. I, you know, and that's that's very hard. That part going to register someone's actual death. Yeah, and they obviously, yeah. they know that oh, they understand that, they, and, they, and they really, really understand it. So they, yeah. Okay, Mary, I yeah. have to go. Okay. I'm being told yes, I have to take a break, and yes, I say thank you, yes, Mary, thank and you. thanks, thank you. thanks to all thanks the callers on this topic. It's it's a difficult topic for people, and people were very giving, especially Dermot, for 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 uh, opening that discussion. Uh, but uh, and to the people we didn't get to, we might get to you another day. But we have to take a break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Now, for something completely different, uh, can I go to Michelle, please? Michelle, good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon, Kitty. Yeah, Michelle, you are, uh, people will know from your accent, you're not originally from Ireland, you're from. Mauritius. Mauritius. And how long have yes. you how long have you lived here? Uh eighteen years now, nineteen years years now. And uh, yeah. you have been working as a handyman. Uh you you've your own yeah. your own business. Um yeah. you've had a bit of bad luck, if we want to put it that way, uh, over the years in terms of thefts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just you know, yeah, just you know tools has robbed like you know. And uh, the worst now is 
what's happening like that, you know. It yes. just, so tell us, what, tell, tell, tell us, sorry, tell us what happened yesterday so we just explain why we're yeah. talking to you. Yeah, yesterday I was parking my van like, you know, on Ashton Key um, just to look at job like that, you know, uh, water in the basement. And uh, I need to open the shutter and um, I get the keys and then, you know, and uh, I don't know up to now like that, you know, what's happening or oh, the keys of my van has fell off something like that, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I have not realized that. Then. And then when I uh, open the shutter with another set of key and then, you know, go down and then assess whenever just, you know, what you need to do. And then, you know, and then suddenly, like, you know, maybe 15 minutes or maybe, I don't know, I can't remember, but, you know, around four o'clock like that when I go up, the car is gone. And uh, they told me just, you know, uh, when I ring the guard, they told me just, you know, to ring the clamp. I ring the clamp. The clamp said me, like, you know, uh, on this area, there has not clamped any oh, okay. car. So the, so the guards all. the guards assumed the car had been towed because it was... Yeah, yeah. yeah that, parked that, in the wrong yeah. place. But come here, just yeah. to be sure. So you, you, what you're saying is that you, you didn't realise it, but you must have dropped a set of a set of your car keys before you went down to check yeah. out that job. And yeah, when yeah. you mm-hmm. and obviously somebody saw that and uh, made off with your with your van. Yeah, yeah. This is a scenario. Maybe this happening like that. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what you think. Yeah. This yeah. is the best you can work yeah. out now. And uh, it's not mm-hmm. just the van, of course, because what was in the back of the van? Uh, all the, all my tools like that. You know. And uh, because I'm I'm not living in Dublin anymore like that. You know. Usually I don't put so much tool inside. Because I'm doing handy job like that, you know, you need every piece, like, you know, just, you know, to complete the job like that, you know. And um, I just uh, I have all everything, like, you know, uh, in my van, all the tools. And this has gone with a car like that, you know, with a van, you know. So this is your livelihood, basically, that's just been taken from you. Yeah, just, you know, now I'm just home sitting even to put a screw in 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 whatever, just, you know, in the house, like, like that, you know, I don't have any machine like that, you know, I realise that, like, you know, we so are just... every single like, tool, every single tool you own was in the back tool, of that yeah, van. It, it's in the back of that van. Even a screwdriver like that, I don't have like that, you know, I just put everything in that tool. I have four bags of, like, you know, different screws, different uh, set of, like, you know, whatever, just, you know. Yeah. Yes. That is just... It, 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 yeah. And uh, this wasn't the first time you were robbed. You've had your tools robbed before, but this is the first time your your whole, the whole, everything you have has gone. Yeah, this is my worst thing. I was worried about a long, long time because I heard on the radio, I think two years ago, like that one man in Blanchestown was robbed, 50,000 was like, you know, of tools, uh, you know. Um, was Rob, he lived in the Roscommon, I think I can remember. This is fresh in my memory. I said, if that happened to me, I don't know what I do like that, you know. And I was big, careful, careful, careful. But just yesterday has happened to me now, like, you know. Yeah, the worst yeah. thing. And yeah. let's just tell people, first of all, what what we're looking for in case uh, we just get a all points bulletin yeah, out for it. The van is, what is yeah. the van? It's a, a Citroen, a Berlingo, is it? it it's a Berlingo Citroen uh, white, you know. Um, I can give the register number. Yeah, let's give the register number. Yeah, it's two one one D seventy three eighty four. Okay, so two one one D seventy three eighty four, and it's a yeah. so it's a relatively new Berlingo Citroen. Was it? Is that? Yeah. The, do you own this van yourself? Yeah, Michelle. Yeah, I own that myself. I just, you know, this is my first. <laughs> Van, like, you know, I get a new one because, you know, because of my uh, location and safety before, because where I go like that, you know, because where's where's my job is over island sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. and I need a safe car just, you know, to, you know, to come home, like, you know, and then, you know, uh, just, you know, it's safe, like, you don't don't go, like, you know, and then anything's happened like that, you know, I know, like, you know, it's, it's safe like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, that's so. We, we, if anyone sees that out there, a Berlingo Citroen, a white yeah, Citroen, please, like, you know, yeah, yeah, please, and then you know. And, and tell uh, us, and, and the, yeah, t- talk about the tools then, because they they will probably go on the market um, as well, yeah. not in one yeah, lot. So what was in what was in the back? 
the box is, um, is, a, is a called this uh, Makita impact like that, you know, two drill, one impact, one, uh, what you call it, uh, hammer drill, um, grinder, pelty tools, uh, planner, and uh, and then the rest is just, you know, uh, this is for the tools uh, uh, in the van, and then the rest is just, you know, all the um, offset screwdriver, bender, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to just uh, some keys like you know for for the immersion just you know to open the immersion different keys like uh, keys like that you know mm-hmm. everything like you know like, like this one yeah all this is is in on uh, in the barn you know so i mean yeah. will you be able to just if you don't get these tools back will you be able to start again and start building up another kit yeah I, for me like that you know uh, I can that, but no, the van is important for me, like that, you know. The yeah. van is just most important, like that, you know. Even, uh, um, I, I can build up on this one, this is no issue. But if I don't have van like that, you know, I'm, I'm based in Westmead, and then to, I'm mostly my customers in Dublin, mm-hmm. and then and then you need to, yeah. so to that's, go over there. We, uh, we, yeah. That's your transport and your office and yeah. your workplace and, and everything. Exactly. Yeah, everything, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, look, we'll, we'll yes. send it out into the universe. Hopefully one of our listeners uh, might yeah, see thanks. it. Um, so yeah. it's a Berlingo Citroen um, uh, 21-1D-7384 Reg. Uh, Michelle, yeah, yeah. good luck with it and we'll, we'll be in touch if we get any calls back in on that. Thank you, Kitty. Thank, Thank you, Thank you, Kitty. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And talking to Michelle there, uh, who's obviously in the handyman business. And we were talking yesterday. We had a caller who was complaining that uh, she just felt that she couldn't trust the quotes she was getting from tradesmen as a woman on her own. She felt that she was being taken advantage of. Uh, Paul, good afternoon. Hiya. Hiya, Katie. Hiya, Dan. Paul, you think we're, we don't really have enough respect for tradespeople, trade, you know, tradesmen oh, and women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, obviously, I think a lot of it, obviously, it goes back originally to our education system. Um, I think that we have maybe, maybe a slightly over-educated um, population and at the same, over-educated and under-skilled and um, that our system out there, I don't believe the system is fit for purpose, if, if that purpose is to serve society. I'm not, I'm not saying that uh, education of any kind is not a waste, you know, mm-hmm. but if we're looking at labour, I think our education system has to be a partner uh, with, um, you know, our, our, you know, our labour shortages. There has to be a partnership there, like, to some degree. And um, yeah, somewhere along uh, the line, we stopped going in for apprenticeships. I mean, that 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 was always a route. Certainly, in my yeah. school days, that uh, was considered. Yeah. yeah. I I went to Christian Brothers School. Um, and uh, it was very much kind of frowned upon. In fact, very much frowned upon by the brothers. Um, and certainly in the school I went to, that if you went on to do a trade, it, what, you know, the idea was you were to go on to do a profession. And it was very much encouraged by the brothers that you would do that. And, you know, I think a lot of it was probably maybe uh, a lot of encouragement for this attitude came from parents as well, too. It was like the sort of the, you know, the, you know, remember they used to say that, Help, my son, the, the accountant, redneck. is drowning. <laughs> Sla- slap, slap the kid on the back of the neck, hence the redneck nickname to, to, to the people outside Dublin. Get up to Dublin and get yourself a job in the civil service or the bank or maybe in one of the professions and stuff like that. There's a bit of that going on. Well, it's just you know. old-fashioned snobbery, really, though, was it? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced that, um, like, you've, you've got... Um, uh, all I can say is, thank God that we have... You know, so many people here from Eastern Europe uh, who are actually skilled tradespeople. If we hadn't got them here, we'd be seriously in trouble because we, we're not producing them out of our schools, you know. But, um, no, I, I definitely feel that. The, 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 um, there's a sort of, a, you know, an attitude of, oh, I can't, my little Johnny or Mary, the idea of getting their hands dirty, 
you know, there's a little bit of that going on because it was a job that was considered blue collar mm-hmm. and you, you might get your hands dirty. But the, the thing is, if, if you get a lot of those lads getting their hands dirty out there are probably earning more money than the guys sitting behind desks. You I know? was going to say, <laughs> I mean, it can be very hard to get uh, if you've, you know, if you have a reputation for being a good plumber or a good electrician or, you know, a good tradesman, it can be very hard to get, the, the, you know, to get a date in their diary, basically. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, I'm sure as well as well, Teddy as well. I think maybe the kids themselves as well. A lot of them are probably part of the problem as well because maybe a lot of them probably don't want to do these jobs. Maybe they're considered probably, maybe in some cases, physically a little, maybe physically a bit more demanding. Um, uh, but let's, yeah, let's face it. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of people out there, and I, I speak as one of those myself who are not really cut out for third level. You know, they're not really cut out for college. And you know, I was one of them, you know, and I feel the system kind of failed me to a degree. That's why I'm a big fan of the vocational system where, um, you know, the, like the community schools where they tended to gear people up towards, uh, you know, trades yeah. and stuff like that. You know? I think to, be, to be fair, Simon Harris is trying to kind of rejuvenate the apprenticeship uh, sector. I think that's part oh. of the, the policy there. He is like Simon to be a hero of mine. Like I think he's terrific. He's a great advocate. I, I I think he's great. But previous ministers have failed. I speaking to ministers. I actually spoke just after the crash, which you know, two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, around that time. I spoke to a government minister at the time, and they practically scoffed at the at my idea that we should encourage people into trades. There was no forward thinking. It was that this was at a time where the building industry was after collapsing Collapsed, yeah. and uh, there was an idea that well well, we don't really need builders but there was no kind of idea of well maybe we're going to get out of this maybe down the road and the shocking part of it was this wasn't an office this was actually this was actually a government minister this was actually this was a minister I won't say who the person's name I won't name the person but this uh, individual was actually a senior minister within the government who expressed that view I know, and look at look at what's happened now. We know we've massive shortages in for for uh, you know all all trades and the building the building sector now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an area I would have liked to have worked in, but unfortunately, I left school in 1980, and uh, things that was remember the 1980s recession, uh, and there was there was I I couldn't get the opening that I wanted to, and as a result of that, I kind of just cut to get whatever job I could get. I've worked in several jobs, Mm -hmm. I've worked in several areas, and that you know you do what you have to do to survive, you know. But um, I don't. There was no forward thinking there. I think maybe maybe it's time. I I wish I wish I wish Minister Harris saw the best because I think it's about time but it, it, it's very late you know what I mean like it's it's a kind of a little bit of a late conversion you know there I say I, I, I wish this wisdom was there earlier like you know but um, do you, what, what do I know do you mind me asking what, what end of things did you end up in eventually yourself Paul Oh God! Many jobs. I, 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 at six, I left school at sixteen. I would have been a butcher. Would have worked in the meat business for oh, nine, ten years. And then I worked in a tar plant. Then I worked in the IT industry with the American, you know, you know, all the American companies that were here: mm-hmm. IBM, uh, HP, Hewlett Packard, and uh, subsequently spent some time back in retail when I semi-retired, you know. But, um, you know, I've worked in everything, <laughs> anything you can do. Anything, anything, I've worked in a variety of jobs, you know. But, uh, but are you saying when you left school in the, the start of the 80s that you were kind of considered a bit of a failure if you didn't kind of... Oh, oh yeah. I, I was actually one of three people actually who left. Um, I would have went to a school, Cloche Dana, in Ratfernham. Mm-hmm. This is the... the this is the the school that produced all the great sportsmen, you know, um, and uh, they 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 um, they the idea that you would actually leave at the intercert was very much frowned upon. I was I was in a tiny minority, as say three of us left at the intercert, and it it was the, it you were it was scoffed upon. You weren't even contacted actually at the, do you know the graduation thing after leaving cert, what yeah. do they call it, this dreadful name, Debs, is that what they call oh, the it? Oh, pr- the prom they used to call the boys down yeah, and down. Yeah, is that what it was? I prefer that actually, it's, I prefer the American version, I hate this Debs thing, it's very, it's very English, you know, yeah. but um, they, they, um, they don't even, to the extent where you weren't even contacted at leaving cert here, 
even previous students who had left. You were just seeing that's how much of a, a, a yesterday's man you were. You were an embarrassment, by. obviously, Paul. Absol- oh, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely embarrassment. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's the Christian Brothers for you. There you go. They did that and most other things, but whatever. Uh, my education began the day I left. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's your point. Your point is we should be instead of you know, looking down our noses at people uh, who who have a trade and are, are mm. working on that, that we, like, what, what, you know, why why shouldn't they have the same, uh, you know, status yeah. as, as the accountants and the lawyers and the... Exactly. In fact, actually, something I'll say before I, I let you go, Katie, just one the last point there. You'll find, actually, in a lot of cases, actually, you'll see the, big, the, the, the biggest complainers of the prices that tradespeople charge usually come from the professional classes, i.e. the solicitors, the accountants, all the very, very well-heeled and very well-paid professions. And, and, they complain and the, about and the, the, the very well able to charge. And the very well able to charge. And they can plenty charge. I, I dare I say there was actually some, I heard somebody actually saying this, um, uh, that uh, they, were, they were frowning upon the fact that, uh, that, that, that you know, uh, an electrician was charging X amount for fixing their washing machine or whatever. And this was a guy who was on telephone number salary himself. Um, but that's, and that, another that's, another, that's another day's work, Paul. Uh, listen, thank, thank you for that. I have to, Cheers, take, I have to take my Mind last break. Yourself. Lovely talking to you. Take care. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Now, this is one I had to get to before we came off air today because I'm literally being stopped in the corridor with people going, any word, is there any word? And of course, what they want to know is, is there any word about the wedding dress? Uh, Because we spoke to Sarfraz uh, about his uh, daughter's impending wedding and then his daughter spoke to Hiba. Uh, and they were distraught. They'd been waiting for weeks and weeks and weeks. The uh, wedding dress was missing in action, and uh, we were <laughs> they're, 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 we were running out of hope because the big day is tomorrow. Heba, good afternoon to you. Hi, Casey. How are you? How are you, Heba? Honestly, over the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we did right in our lifetime. Like, it, it's actually incredible that we didn't. We gave up hope. To be honest, we actually were really, uh, really hopeless. And but, um, but we are so, we were so shocked on one day when the parcel arrived. We were like, oh my god, like it's here. And it, and I didn't believe it till I physically saw it myself. And it's all there, all perfect, the way we left it in Pakistan two months ago. That is fantastic news. Heba, listen, have a fantastic day tomorrow. We're so delighted we're so that we were able to do it. All of you. you guys were amazing, honestly. Well, you know, can, so can grateful we... to all of you. So grateful to OnPost. Whoever brought it to us, we are so grateful. Yes, thanks to OnPost because we know they pulled out all the stops for us when we got oh, in touch yeah. with them, when you got in touch with us. Heba, have a fantastic day tomorrow and fantastic for the second half of the wedding. We are delighted Thank with you your so news much. and so many people out there were actually rooting for you. I want to tell you that for sure. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone for all their goodwill, all the people I work with, all the people like who were around us who heard the story, they were all so supportive we wouldn't have got through it otherwise okay. Thanks Heba, best of luck best of luck and uh, that's all we have time to, I just want to say if you are looking for some respite uh, from all the murder and mayhem and trauma that's on our screens can I recommend you tune in to RT1 at 6.30 on Sunday for the record shows, uh, I had a great time making it and uh, I hope you will enjoy it, uh, that's it for today, our sound we have had James Feeney. Our researcher was Richie Byrne. Our series producer was Annette Egan. Uh, I'll hand you over to Ray, but first I'll say Up Ireland. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie